Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. It's your host, Trevor Johnson, back at you with another great episode. Today, I had a really fun conversation with a great scooter rider from Seattle. Um, I'm sure you guys know who he is, Will Judy. He is a tilt rider and has had some really interesting video parts that I've really enjoyed watching. If you haven't watched his Welcome to Tilt edit and his other, uh, he just posted one, I forget what it's called. But he just posted another edit on Tilt that was really good. Um, I really enjoy his riding. He's super creative with his spot selection and with his trick selection. And we had some great conversations about school, about college, and about just scootering in general and where we see it going and just life. And it was just a great conversation. He's a really insightful guy and has a lot of great wisdom for you guys. Um, So I was happy to talk to him. And yeah, if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really enjoy if you hit five stars down below, like and subscribe on YouTube if you're on there, that would really help me out. Other than that, let's get right into this podcast with Will. It's the Outlook Podcast. We're here with the Outlook Podcast. Just we're here, we're talking to cool people. Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. It's your host, Trevor Johnson, back at you with another episode. Today, we have Will Judy. How's it going, Will? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for taking some time out of your day to come and uh, talk with me. It's going to be great. First off, let's just kind of talk about who you are, where you live, how old you are, just the basic kind of introductory things. Got you. So I'm Will. I'm 20 years old. I live in Seattle, Washington right now. A lot of the year I live in LA for school. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've been scootering for about eight-ish years now. I started when I was like 12 and um, it's just been such a great time. You know, I couldn't be more thankful for all the great times I've had scootering. And um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Uh, How did you choose scootering and like how was growing up and what did you, what other sports did you do? Yeah. So before I started scootering, I was really into baseball. Like I always played baseball, like for my school and whatnot. And then um, when I was in about sixth, I think sixth grade, I think. Yeah. My, my neighbor really started scootering and he was like only like eight years old at the time. And so I had this really cool neighbor named Eric and like he had a sister too. And I had a sister. So our friend, our families would always hang out together. And Eric just started going to the skate park after school. And he had like a, like a razor, it was like a red label scooter or something or black label or whatever. Black label. Like, yeah, it was a black label. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had like a, like an A1 and I was like, oh, I started going to the skate park. Then I got a fusion set up. And then from there, it was kind of like a competition. Like we we're like, oh, like I can't let Eric be better than me. Like he started before I did, but like, he's only eight years old, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to get better. And then from there, I met so many great friends who like, we're just like a little bit more down to earth and like a little bit more, I just like related to them like a little bit better than a lot of the kids at my school who played more team sports and did that kind of stuff. And I just, I mean, I made my good friend group and I did from there and you know how it goes, it's just history. Yeah. yeah. So is this all in Seattle? Yes. Yes. Nice. I lived in Seattle like my whole life until I was 18, 19, moved to LA for my first semester of school. Did you ever skateboard or BMX or anything before you scootered? Nope. Nope. Just scootering. Yeah, That's just awesome. got straight into it. Um, I see you have a couple pianos behind you. What what instruments no. do you play and how'd you get into that? 
Yeah. So when I was in second grade, I started playing piano. I started taking lessons. My parents really like, you know, they didn't make me do it, but they really kind of like, were like, you know, you should do this from like a young age. And I can't tell you how amazing of an addition to my life it's been. Like I did not realize that I loved it so much when I started playing. I pretty much, I took lessons from like second grade to eighth grade ish. And then my parents are like, yeah, if you don't want to play anymore in high school, like you don't have to, you gave it a try. And I was like, word, I'm trying to scooter more. Yep. And so I stopped playing the piano in high school and I still like played it like a little bit. But once I got back down to school last year, I was really like, dang, like I miss music. Like music is just like such a yeah. good addition to my life. And it's it really helps you like feel your emotions sometimes and you can make beautiful stuff. And also since I've been injured lately with my wrist, it's been like a really great creative outlet too. Yeah, for sure. I just I play a lot of music, so I totally relate to you there. And it's just, if people don't have an instrument, it's a great thing to try to learn. It really challenges your brain. So I think that's really, really good. Um, How did you hurt your wrist? Yeah, so that's actually, it's a good question. It's kind of a weird answer. So I guess I'll explain with actually saying what happened on my wrist. So there are three bones in the bottom of your wrist, and there are two ligaments that connect those three bones to each other. And I ended up tearing both of those ligaments somehow. And there's also, I don't know if you're familiar with like your meniscus in your knee, but your meniscus is like, it's kind of like a dish of cartilage that like, it like sits at like the bottom of like a, like a, it's like a ball and socket pretty much. Yeah. And I like tore my meniscus in my wrist too. I don't know the exact name. It's like the ATTF or CTTF, some fiber cartilage thing, but I tore that as well. And so I'm pretty sure when I tore that, I don't know if you watched my more recent video, like the mindfulness video, Yeah. but the beginning, I was doing like a line where I did a front feeble three bar twist and then like a feeble fakie feeble heel. Yeah. And that front feeble three bar twist, like bar twists are a trick I kind of just learned. Like I hadn't been able to do them for my first like seven years of scootering. I kind of yeah. just learned them. Yeah. And dude, I did that line. Like I kept on messing up the second part. I probably did like a hundred, 153 bar twists, like back to back to back to back. Wow. And my, I like... I kind of started to feel my wrist like hurting in this kind of, this kind of region there. Yeah. And like, it wasn't like awful hurting. Like it's like, I didn't realize like anything really happened when I was doing it, but I was like, dang, my wrist doesn't really feel great. And since then, not awesome. As far as like the ligaments though, I think that's just landing like my wrist a little further back than normal on some impacts, like jumping off roofs and landing from impacts and rails and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know though. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It didn't happen at any specific time. I just, one Sunday I woke up after riding and I was just like, whoa, like, what is this? This doesn't not feel right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had to wait a few months to get the surgery too. And I've had, oh, I got wow. the surgery. They put in pins. It was like in March, I was able to get my surgery and uh, they took out the pins like, right. Wait, where is it? They took out the pins right here. Yeah. Like a few weeks ago and I'm just starting to do a PT. So I'm getting better, but yeah, it's weird though. I really can't say I know exactly when it happened or how it happened. I just think that three bar twist line is the only thing I can pinpoint it back to. Really? Like, it's just, it's like, weird though. I didn't fall. I didn't take any like bad one incident or anything. So when you see like those surgeries and stuff, I just assume that you had like a bad crash and snapped your wrist or something. Yeah, that's but, what that's what I'd assume too. It's a lot cooler to be like, yeah, you know, I tried to jump off some really big stuff and totally ate it. Yeah. I kind of just took it easy and it happened over time. Yeah. But they love you. It is what it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's kind of talk about school and moving to LA. That was probably a big transition for you and 
it totally. seems like you got a lot of more scootering stuff for you too. So yeah, yeah. So before I like even went to school in LA, like I already had a good group of friends down there. You know, like I already knew like I don't know if you know them, but Corey Lane, great dude, Beck, Julian, and Beto, like yeah. Austin Spencer, Zach Rowan, all my guys down there, great guys. And so when I moved down there for school, I already had this awesome friend group. And I also, not to mention, like Seattle, the weather here in the winter sucks. It's so rainy and it's so gross all the time in the winter. Yeah. And I was like, if I have the choice, if I have the chance to be able to go somewhere else for school, I'm going to take that opportunity, you know? Yeah. I went down there and it's it's been great. I got my first like roughly five-ish, six months of my freshman year on campus before March happened and COVID happened. And Oh, right. That kind of sucked. Yeah. So I didn't get any online or I didn't get any in-person classes at all last year but it is what it is yeah right because you kind of you kind of came into school during covid right like pretty much i was finishing up my first year when it happened so i i'm so lucky i got like those first few months that was like just such an awesome freshman experience but after that it was crazy actually how the timing worked i went to a town and then i went to the bay area afterwards because it was my spring break and i was filming for that like that first till video yeah and I went up there and, and I got to SF and I look at my phone and I was like, oh, school is like, like one more week of no more school after spring break. Yeah, that's what happened to me and, too. Yep. So I'm going to go back down to LA and then I'm just going to chill there and I'm going to like, you know, have a free week. This is sick. And make it back down to LA and they're like, oh, two more weeks of no school. I'm like, what? Damn, I'm kind of trying to get back in the swing of things. A few yeah. more days pass. They're like, oh, everybody has to get off campus. This campus is closing. School is going to be online for the rest of the year. I'm like, what? Yeah. At that point, I didn't want to go back home. I was like, you know, I'm supposed to be down here for like a few more months still. But I didn't have anywhere to go in LA. So I ended up going over to Arizona and I stayed with Willie and Clayton and and Mean Bean, if you know who Mean Bean is. Yeah. I stayed with those guys, like the undialed place for like almost like two months. But it was such a good time. Super thankful that worked out because it was was really great to really actually get to meet those guys. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Why did you choose the school you chose and what were the other options? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, they had like the programs I was looking for. They had a great location. I really like the part of LA where it's located. It's right by LAX. It's about like 10, 15 minutes from the water, five minutes push from Westchester Skate Park, like yeah. which is awesome. Um, and I really like like the size as well. They're about eight thousand undergrads, so like it's it's not tiny, but like I still have the chance to make meaningful connections with my professors and really like make like, you know, try to make it for myself instead of just kind of blending in. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so were there any other schools you were looking at? Yeah, I looked at um, Cal Poly. I almost went to Cal Poly in San yep. Luis Obispo. My sister's actually going there next year. Oh, cool. um, University of San Francisco. I really love the Bay Area too. So I almost went there. I looked at the University of Washington. I applied because it, like, it's just like the local and like, yeah. I don't know. But I didn't really want to stay here for school. I mean, like I knew I was going to apply, but I didn't want to be here. It's like I live like five minutes from University of Washington right now. And that's a little too close to home for me. I feel like that's a lot of people. It's just like it's your opportunity to leave. So yeah, to- totally, totally. Yeah, I recognize I'm, I'm really privileged and able to do all this stuff. And like that's nothing but a blessing. And to yeah. not take advantage of that and to not make the most out of it, it's kind of like, it's like, what are you doing? You know, there's so many people who would, who would kill to be able to have the chance to move to LA and do school and all of that. And like, if I have that chance, I'm going to take it, you know, I'm going to make yeah, the most exactly, of it. For sure. And my parents can support me doing that, but it's not like I'm just going to fuck around and not do school too. Like, yeah. 
I have to do well in school so my parents support me in school. And so I'm, you know, setting myself up for the rest of my life. Did you get a scholarship and stuff? Yeah. Nice. That's good. Because I know that schools in California, especially if you're out of state, are ridiculous. Yeah, I got I got a scholarship for like half the tuition, which is honestly pretty sweet. Oh, that's awesome. It's still like, it's still not cheap. So is it a private school then? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What are you studying? Studying math and computer science, which I say that to most people and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? But I've always really liked math. Uh, funny enough, math just kind of worked for me all throughout high school. And I saw how powerful it was too. Once I started doing like calculus, I'm like, well, you can find out so much stuff with this. Yeah. And my dad has always stressed to me the most important, most valuable person he can hire is like a data scientist or somebody who can do stuff with computers and crunch numbers and do math to find meaningful results. Yeah. And that stuff is just like fascinating to me. I've started to really dive into like the data science, machine learning application of the math into computer science. And it's like unbelievable what you can find out. Yeah. That's crazy. What is the, um, the yeah. most exciting thing to you that you've like learned through this program? Mm, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. I don't even think there's one most exciting thing that I've learned. Yeah. I'm just generally so excited by the skill set that I'm piecing together. Yeah. Because like I'm, I'm only in my second year. I'm going into my third year. I just finished up my second year. And I, I just feel like there's still so much I have to learn that will like, I'm just piecing it all together. And it's just like, my skill set is really building. I don't know. It's yeah. really growing. So I've really loved learning like some linear algebra stuff and how that works with like, like different kind of data science stuff. I'm not going to get into like the details because I'm going to start talking about it and sound like a, like I'm on a different planet. <laughs> but no. it, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, I'm just a total nerd about it. Like I see how powerful it is and I just want to be able to do it. Well, well, I like, uh, I think people can really relate to you and just this school and the, the, I don't want to say nerdiness, but just the, the expression of yourself through like math. Yeah. See, I take nerdiness as like a compliment in a way because like, nerds you know, like in world. high school, uh, sorry, what'd you say? Nerds run the world, man. Yeah. That's facts. You know, like in high school, like you don't want to be a nerd, but like, something kind of cool about being able to admit you're a nerd down the line being like yeah i'm about it like i don't yeah. i don't care what people think of me like i'm gonna learn this stuff because it's actually sick and i want to learn it and i'm gonna yeah yeah <laughs> so uh so what do you hope to do with your major once you get out yeah so i don't know exactly what i want to do yet um but the reason why i've chosen this major is because of how broadly applicable it is i can choose to go into healthcare and look at problems in like the healthcare and how people are diagnosed and psychology stuff. Or I could look at environmental issues, sustainability, waste, um, all of the things about carbon emissions and like, you know, stuff like that. Cause there's so much data that we have. Like there's so much data. Like, I don't know, I don't know who's listening to this and who, who knows about data, but like it's everywhere and there's so freaking much of it. And like, it's just it's just powerful you know i can apply it to econ if i want or finance too or like it's it's pretty sorry i'm kind of just rambling i know but no. like it's 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 so powerful in any sense yeah well there's data with computers being everywhere there's data everywhere yeah. they're constantly collecting data mm -hmm. so if you you're very valuable to be able to translate that data into some meaningful equations or 
just insight in patterns. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm finally getting there. I'm finally being able to piece stuff together and actually like read a data set and convert it into a matrix and then perform like computations on the matrix. Yeah. What uh are you learning like computer programming and stuff too? Yeah. So like my major is math, my minor is computer science. Okay. I've done a few computer science classes so far. Right now I'm just taking like a like an online class, not even through my school, just it's actually like through this thing called Coursera. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Um, but they just have like a ton of online courses for free. And Stanford offers a Coursera course on machine learning, which is pretty much teaching a computer how to get better at performing a task. And like machine learning is some next level stuff. That's like really like what computer science seeks to like get to, you know? Yes. And so I'm doing that course right now. So I'm like, I'm honestly not crazy good at programming or anything right now because I've really only taken like two computer science classes. Yeah. But I'm pretty sufficient in my math understanding of how things work and how derivatives work and what like slopes tell us. And I understand how things are starting to get pieced together. Yeah. Um, but it just takes practice, you know, like it, I really need to like actually get into like an opportunity where I have a data set to look at and where I just got to like figure it out for myself. And I love, I just love problem solving, you know, like yes. problem solving is why I love math and it's like why I've continued to do this stuff. Yeah. If you have a passion for math, I think it's one of the most rewarding things you can do because yeah. when you come to that end result, it's just so satisfying. Like everything just like lines up and becomes like gorgeous and like artistic in a yeah. sense. Weird. Yeah. And especially if you're looking at like, like a massive data set and then you get to like plot out your results and you just see this like beautiful trend line that falls right in the middle of all your data and you're just like yes like yeah. this is what i wanted it's just yeah. again there's my nerdiness coming out but like i love it yeah uh, yeah that's awesome um i kind of want to transition into talking a little bit more about your scootering and about uh let's talk about your sponsors and mm -hmm. your experience getting on the team and how just yeah. that whole relationship went yeah. Okay. So my first ever sponsor is a shop called Pro Scooter Shop and they're based out in Redmond, Washington, which is about like a 30 minute drive, 25 minute drive from Seattle. So like local shop. Okay. And, um, do you know Jackson Berkland, Jay Burke? Yes. Yeah. Jackson was on the team a while ago and my good buddy Keegan too. And, um, they were just like, yo, like, okay. So on the other side of things, Alex Blom and all the other boys are on mothership. Right. There are two shops in Seattle. Okay. And Alex is like, yeah, like, I'm gonna put you on mothership. But I was only 16 at the time. And he'd been telling me that for like three years. And I was like, Alex, like, what's good? You're gonna put me on mothership or what? And he's like, yeah, like, you just gotta get like a little bit older. And then Jackson hit me up. He's like, hey, you should come ride for PSS. I'm like, oh, I'm down. Alex has been sleeping on me. Yeah. So I, I got on PSS and it's owned by this guy named David. Honestly, great dude. Love yeah. him to death. Good guy. And um, from there, I, uh, I've still continue to ride for pss i have an awesome relationship with the owner he's made me my signature grip tape and stickers which like i'm so yeah. thankful for i never would have expected that um and since there i guess that's been my only shop sponsor the whole time um as far as part sponsors go i rode for ao alex blum got me on ao like when i was still on pss like a while ago okay i rode for them for a few months and i posted a, a photo of like a snapped ao deck on my story and then neckbeard jake hershey hit me up and he's like yo you should just ride for Phoenix. You don't have to deal with that. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, come ride for Phoenix. I was like, are you for real? Okay. Like, what? I'm like, what? 
I was like, the deck's not wide enough. He's like, nah, 5.75 next spring. I was like, bruh, like I'm so down. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And so then I was on Phoenix and like this timing was just awful, dude. It was like two months before Phoenix went out of business. Oh, right. Decks never came. They like ran out of, like they ran out of funding. They had to stop paying their pros. Not like I was ever getting paid or anything, but like they stopped paying Dick and Tommy and Kai. And so like they all left. We all left Phoenix at the same time and Phoenix was just like done after that. But so yeah, the next chapter, I was done riding for Phoenix. I got my first tilt deck. Like I, it was my first deck over five wide and I was like, whoa, this is fire. Yeah. And I had like a pretty much fully tilt setup. First deck over five wide. Yeah. Cause I was riding a Phoenix deck. Right. Which was like five, it was like 4.6 on the bottom, like five on top. And oh. so I finally had like a scooter. I was just like, oh my God, this is awesome. I loved yeah. it. And the timing, keep in mind, it was 2019. So I was in my senior year of high school. And the winter of that senior year is when Phoenix ended. We like left that winter. Yeah. And then the next fall was, or sorry, the spring following that winter, like before I graduated was the first A-Town. And so right. it was good timing. I went down to A-Town. I had this fully like perfect new tilt setup. I got to meet Joe Voss, Christian Dean. I got to meet Colin. And like, we just like ripped around at Slow Skate Park, which was like an awesome time. Yeah. Got to hang out with them. And then, um, I mean, like, I didn't even like do well in A Town or anything. I just had fun and messed around. But like, I pretty much, I, I think I, it was like about a week later, I was, I was home and Christian sent me a DM. He's like, yo, do you need any tilt parts? I was like, what? Like, no, I'm, I'm good right now. I have this full new tilt set up. But like, if you send me like some clothes or whatever, I'd be down. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, should I do anything else? Like, what? He's like, no, just keep on doing what you're doing. I'm like, well, okay, word. I can do that. So it was about like a month past, probably since then. It was right before I was about to graduate high school. I, was, I slept over at my friend's house and I looked at my phone in the morning. And there was a text from some random number. And I looked at it and it was like, yo, Will, this is Colin from Tilt. Let me know if you're trying to talk about some Tilt stuff. And I lost it. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, no way. Like, since I've been a scooter kid, this is like been the ultimate dream. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, this is like, what? And so I called him, you know, like I like texted him back. He's like, call me. We talked for like a good few hours and just like about like the direction of where he wanted to take tilt and ton of stuff. And uh, honestly, since then, I it's been amazing. I've gotten to try out so many new parts that have been unreleased, which is just like an insane little plus. Yeah. I've been able to travel a good amount. Colin's been so supportive in everything I've done. And um, we got some good stuff planned for the future too, which I'm not going to say too much about. But like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. I just feel so lucky still that I get to ride for Tilt. It's like, what? That it's such just a, a, an opportunity I never thought I'd have. And yeah. like, heck, like, that's just always my goal. Or all, always like the biggest dream. Well, just the the lifestyle almost that Tilt has created around their brand, I think is awesome. So I'm glad you like it. Yeah. So that's that's another thing I think about all the time is like we aren't shit compared to like the Tilt One, Tilt Two team. Like we know that. Yeah. Like that team is forever just gonna be the most legendary, in my mind at least. Like yeah. Tom and Isaac and John and like just that team, you know? Like yeah. that unbeatable. And so, like, I see, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, like, the, the Tilt team is, like, just nowhere as good as what it used to be. And I'm like, yeah, I know that. Like, I'm, we're not trying to be. But what Colin's done is he's, he's tried to take, like, 
a really more like inclusive approach to scootering. Yeah. He's realized like, you know, like when he had that like super duper elite, really good team, they'd like travel places and like film sick ass videos. But like the scooter kids were like intimidated to like come up and talk to them because they felt so like exclusive almost. And like, just like, so like elite. Yeah. And like, that was like an unintentional like side effect of like what happened in that team. But like Colin realized that and he's like, damn, like I remember being a scooter kid and like the most, like the sickest thing any company could ever do is like, do something like for scooter kids or like do something yeah. for like not just their like their top riders but like the community and so like colin started doing like the giveaways he started i mean like the way he added like myself and like delaney and like i mean willie's on the team too yeah and, like it's you know like i've i've always tried to watch my image and try to be family friendly not trying to like show anything bad on my social media or whatnot because my mom's a preschool teacher and like she has some of like her preschool moms following me and stuff and aside from that like i don't want to be like a bad role model to like scooter kids yeah of course and so like it's it's just like tilt right now i'm i'm stoked with where it's at i recognize it'll never be like the old team yeah i just want everybody to like understand that like <laughs> we know that yeah because, like i like we're just we're just not trying to like take that place of like what it used to be the, like that. You look at ethic, you look at Aztec, yeah, the ethic like, team has that, has that figured out. Yeah. Like ethic and Aztec buck, like their yeah. teams are gnarly. We're yeah. just having fun, you know? And like Colin's just like, I don't know the, what he's done with it. I'm, I'm super thankful to be a part of, but it's just, well, like I think a, that's a really up from the past. I think that's really smart. Cause there's, if you look at like skateboarding or BMX, a lot of like the top brands are not like the top riders. Yeah, totally. Cause like it's more about that lifestyle and about that, like doing things for the community, which I think is mm -hmm. super sick. So yeah. I'm glad that he's taking that approach. I'm glad that you guys are going in that direction and yeah. it's just way more artsy and you like worry more about like your clothes and I like your scooter deck. Why is it yellow? That's my next question. Oh, hold on. Look at this. <laughs> back in a second. Oh, P runs off. Wow. Actually, probably shouldn't show too much of this. But this is the prototype that he sent me. It has some like cutouts here so we could check if it cracked underneath. Oh, okay. And dude, I injured my wrist like right after I got this. I've never been able to ride it, unfortunately. Dang. That's and I have, I don't think I ever will ride it because I have a new deck coming that's like, I'm not going to say anything about it, but wow. it's like, holy. <sighs> exciting. Exciting. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah wow so when when will we be able to see that okay so the like the yellow deck that i've been riding yeah um that one drops in january of next year okay and then the whole next like 2022 we already it's crazy how like planned out tilt is like colin and chris plan everything out like years in advance wow like i've already seen everything that's coming out in 2023 <laughs> Wow, that's like it's it's insane because there's so much wait time sending stuff to China because unfortunately, like I mean, we used to be manufactured in USA, but like it's China, not available for anybody. No, yeah, like we have to send stuff to China. They have to like send us back prototypes, and shipping takes like two months from China. Yeah, and like it's just like it's such a process that they have to really be ahead of their stuff. They have to like have the inventory, make sure they can get the inventory like six months before they're even planning on selling it. 
yeah, it's complicated. I wouldn't really want to be doing that kind of stuff. I mean, it wouldn't be too math or it wouldn't be too bad just like using using math to do it all way far in advance. Yeah, there you go. You could just do all, the whole computer side, just plug it into your equation. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go to Colin and be like, here. Dude, yeah, it was funny actually. Like I have helped Colin with like math related questions before. Like he hit me up once. Uh, that deck I've been riding, I've given him like a ton of feedback on like the yellow one that I rode all throughout filming my last video. And the black one I had beforehand was actually like the same exact deck too. It's the yellow. And okay. so like, I've given him so much feedback on that like model. I'm not going to say it out loud because I probably shouldn't right now. Yeah. But of course. he's like, he asked me one thing about like the head tube angle. And like, if you were to like change like the length of it, like a little bit, like what else would change? And I just like did some basic trigonometry and I was like, Oh, well like if you do that, like the fork is going to be like a little bit higher up. So like you need to like take like the back, hole in like the back of the deck and make it like a little bit higher up too to like account for that and he's like i already thought of that and it's just cool to like be able to like use trigonometry and math to actually look at how it affects scootering and like a scooter deck yeah do you ride uh 30 by like 120s or what size for you i love them i yeah. love them 30 by 120s yeah it was like the the first pair of tilt wheels that they ever sent me i got to try out like some clear ones and yeah. i fell in love dude yeah like, here's the thing. I don't think, I totally understand why people like 110s. Like, yeah. I totally understand that. 110s are just, like, a little bit lower to the ground, more of, like, a skateboard feel, I guess. Uh-huh. And, like, the way I think about it is, like, 110s are more like a skateboard scooter, and 120s are more like a BMX scooter. Yeah. And, like, I look at, like, the tricks that I do. I do, like, a lot of riding fakie. I do, like, a lot of um, manuals and, like, a lot of just, like, to go fast and try to go big. And, like, I think that 120s have absolutely made me more confident in my riding yeah and totally opened up my trick selection and like my my set of tricks that i could do yeah like, also riding in the dirt and riding on grass like that is like possible now right like riding on grass with 110s sucks yeah 120s doable and i mean it's not even like the diameter really it's more of the 30 wide the 30 wide yeah 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 because i ride the ethic 12 standard stuff <laughs> got you so I have also fallen in love with that. I've gone back and forth like once or twice, but it just, it feels so bad when you put like the normal width wheels back on. Yeah. It's like, I really trust my scooter a lot more. And yeah. the other thing I was going to say is like, if I rode like a five, five, even like a six, I probably, I probably wouldn't ride one or one twenties. Like I don't really see like the thirties, I guess. I don't really like see the need for that, but because yeah. my scooter is so big, it's so just like all proportional that way. Yeah, like I need like a little bit more ground clearance when my deck is over six inches wide because like I'm not Otherwise, trying to scrape, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you're scraping. yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. So, do you think so, that scooters in the future will have more options for the 120 by 30? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like they already have a pretty good amount of options right now, based on how many people are trying to ride them versus 110s. That's true. Um. I guess the one thing that I've always kind of been confused about is like, I'm confused why Ethic does 12 standard, not just like the same axle and 30 by 120s. Yeah, that kind that, of that doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, it just yeah. makes it so you can only ride Ethic wheels on Ethic parts, like right? Or I mean, kind you of kind of have to jerry rig it if you're going to do anything else. To my understanding, that is exactly that's why I'm stuck with the same two wheels that I can ride because of that. Yeah, situation. But um, I think I like the larger bearings that 12 standard comes with because it just feels meatier 
and faster. Um, right. But I haven't ridden normal. Yeah, yeah. No, normal. See, I haven't really given. I've never given twelve standard a try. Yeah, I'm like I've, I've ridden like Tedrick scooter like once. Yeah, I'm like oh good, but like I didn't really notice that much of a difference. Yeah. Um, you, you should uh, you should try not trying to be a sellout, but like you should try some tilt wheels if if you're down. I, like the I want twenties are fire. I want to, and I'm actually um, about to. I think my deck's about SOL. Um, it's been destroyed, and I'm riding the uh, Vulcan. So I'm thinking about possibly doing a tilt deck next, or at yeah, least I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what you got to do. No, of course. Either that or have you seen the new Rapture deck that they're coming out with or that he's playing around with? It's like, uh, I, I don't know the dimensions. He hasn't released them yet, but it's a boxed, like six wide Rapture deck. Whoa, I, I don't think I've seen that. That fits 120 by 30s. Oh, damn. That yeah. Sounds cool. So I, that sounds cool. there's a lot of cool decks that are coming out. So I'm going to yeah. have a hard decision picking one. But have you ever rode a tilt deck before? I have ridden plenty of them that other people have had. I haven't ridden one myself. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, always I, love were, I always thought they were so heavy until I tried like the stage three or the stage one or whatever the one is. Bro, it's. I held up. Oh, I can't show the bottom. I held this up and I compared it. I weighed it next yeah. to a Phoenix Ion deck. Yeah. Keep in mind, inch and a half wider. Yeah. Two pounds lighter. Two pounds lighter. Wow. Dude, I don't know what Colin's doing, but like it's insane. But and like, that deck is so strong too. Like I haven't broken one of them yet. Yeah, I like how they have the the fender. Yeah, dude. Most people hate that, but like or not most people, but a good amount of people are super against it. I love it. Yeah. Especially yeah. on this new deck. Like it has kind of like a little ridge at the top too. And I'll show you. It's kind of like a like a groove at the top, if you can see that. Yeah. Totally keeps your foot like so it doesn't go over the top when you don't want it to. That's phenomenal. It's Good job. <laughs> yeah. And then I love how they just released the stage one decks that you can take the break off for those people who don't want to ride one. Yeah. Like it's it's a win win, you know? Exactly. That's awesome. For yeah. sure. Um let's talk about your video part. You're welcome yeah. to tilt one. We'll start there. Word. Um, how did where did you choose the spots? Why did you choose them? Who filmed it? Who edited it? Just like tell the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started filming for that video when I moved to LA for my first time ever. So that was like fall of 2019, I guess. Yeah. Fall of 2019. I started filming for that. Yeah. And um, I filmed a lot with the kinetic boys, like Corey Lane, Alex Lopez filmed a ton of my clips. Devin Pelfrey also filmed a lot of my clips. Beck Dobrzanski filmed a ton of my clips as well. Those are like, so in LA, how it works is like, if you're going to ride street, you have like a few groups to choose from. You have the kinetic boys who live kind of like up north, like about an hour north of me. Yeah. And you have like, do you know, like the Volk boys, like uh, Wyatt Soto, Devin Pelfrey, Dimadom, like, I don't know, but there's Volk apparel, like, like the homies they are actually yeah. releasing a full length on trend kill pretty soon, which is going to be sick. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Um, they've already premiered it. Like it's done. They just have to post it, but they live about an hour south of me. And then my boy Beck lives about an hour east of me. Okay. And so I'm kind of in the middle between these three different, like, people I can go film with. Yeah. And, like, they all kind of, like, I mean, I ride with Beck all the time on, like, weekends, but also weekdays. Kinetic boys usually ride on Saturdays. And then, like, the guys down south usually ride on Sundays. 
And so I kind of have to choose how I'm going to manage my time. And if I'm going to like, you know, like do schoolwork on Sunday or on Saturday and who I'm going to ride with. But yeah, so those are, those are like the main people who filmed it. As far as spots, they already had a ton of spots to take me to. And then aside from that, we just go to random new schools and try to find stuff. Yeah. But like really, I like tricks at the spots, never really plan stuff out beforehand. Just kind of see what's like what I'm feeling at the spot. Because if I go to a spot and I'm like, I really have a trick in my mind. A lot of the time I get bummed out if it's like not possible. If yeah, it's like, that's true. If it's just not in the cut for the spot. Yeah. So yeah, um, I filmed that one starting in that like August that I moved down there. And I was actually just coming off from like an ankle injury recovery. The day I got back from filming with Tilt in Chicago, like right after I got on, I tried to hit like a rail for my ender for my like BLTN part for like Seattle full length. Yeah. My and oh, so I was out for like the end of the summer after I got on tilt. And then I was finally being able to start riding again once I came back down to start school in August. So I filmed from that August all the way until that May when I finished up the school year. So like my first tilt video, my welcome to tilt was filmed. Like I was in school the entire time. Nice. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd you know, just go to spots in LA area, a little bit in the Bay area as well, a little bit in uh, Arizona as well. Yeah. Like my ender was in Arizona, kind of clips towards the end as well. Some ditch spots and all that. Yeah. But yeah. It's just such a great way to go see like a new city and discover the world. It's awesome. For sure. Yeah. It It's a different way to see it because totally. people don't look at the world the way that us action sports athletes do. So yeah. Yeah. Um, did you think about like clothing at all or like, was there a certain vibe you wanted with the video? Or did you think about it that hard or you just kind of just like go with it? You kind of just go with it. I mean, yeah. I was in like a pretty big Dickies phase. I'm kind of into more like thrifted baggier pants now. The pants yeah. are, the pants are like where it's at. I don't know. The pants make a big difference. The pants make a big difference. I've realized you just get baggy pants, your style goes up a whole lot. Yeah. It's, it's how it works. Um, but as far as like shirts, sweatshirts, kind of just wore t-shirts, wore a lot of tilt shirts when I was filming for that video. Just t-shirts yeah. and dickies, I guess, that, that whole first tilt video. I feel like that was pretty much my outfits. Nice. The uh, Also, you talked about trend kill. Yeah. How are you, like, with that, in with them? Or is that your thing? Or I don't really know how that works, but... No, so, like, as far, from what I understand, like, McKean is, like, the brains behind trend kill. And I think of... Like, I mean, there are other people who play big parts in it too, but I kind of just think of like McKean and I'm not going to say I'm like super duper close with McKean because I've never actually like really kicked it with him. Yeah. But like anytime that I've hit him up about trying to kill, like I've, we, I've put like, like, I think maybe just like only one or two videos on trend kill. I made the Sacramento video. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. the Sacramento video I have on trend kill. I love that one. Okay. And that was the first time I hit them up and just sent them an email. They're super duper nice about it. And I was like, yo, like we made this video. They're like, oh, super sick. And they posted it. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, they just support like what's best for scootering. You know, they're doing a great job putting, getting video parts out there on like a awesome platform that's well known. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, turn kill is awesome. I like how they have that place for people all over. If they're, if they're making a video part that they can kind of yeah. like, posted on there which is super sick so you see yeah. right all over yeah. the world do you know switch whip uh, i do not know no it's all good but he's another good homie i filmed him a video for trend kill okay and yeah i don't know but i'm i'm stoked with what trend kill has done i mean i'm not like og like 
I didn't was never around for like the scooter resource forums and all that stuff that I hear. Cause that was like way back in the day. I was never in for like the bolted razor days or anything like that. But like uh, I, to me at least like trend kill has like done a good job of kind of trying to fulfill that like core side of scootering and keep that going, which I totally love and appreciate. Yeah. I don't know what video it was when a uh, couple years ago in 2019, cause you and Beck and Pierce and all you guys came down to Woodward West when I was yeah. um, working down there and you oh, just, yeah. You ran up to me and you're like, yo, have you seen this video? I was like, what? And you're Dude, like, I didn't know I've ever met you before. Yeah. That's I was sick. at OSI at Woodward West. So, oh yeah. 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 Like you looked a little bit familiar, but I like wasn't, I didn't realize that though. That's sick. Yeah. No, I was only there for three weeks and it just happened that you showed up. I don't know what, who you were with. Dude, or... I think I was with Alex Blum and Mean Bean. Yeah. Oh, right. Was, you that, were. was it when I was on Phoenix? Must have been. And I was like, dude, that was crazy. That was like right when I got on Phoenix and I got to be like guest pro, even though I was only 17. Yeah. <laughs> like we just had to end with like mean being in big white and BFG. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're just sick. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I love it. So I'm excited yeah. to work there. I'm again. Sorry though. I kind of like cut you off there. You said I ran up to you and I showed you a video. No, you ran. Yeah. You ran up to me. You should. And then you were like, yo, we dropped our video on trend kill. And I was like, what's Trendkill? And it was back when Trendkill did not have that many subs. Oh, I put you on with Trendkill. You put me on with Trendkill. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick, dude. That's honestly like... And that might have been I'm like so the second video. I think it, I think it yeah. was. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Because yeah. that was... Oh, so no, it wasn't when I was on Phoenix. It was when I just got on Tilt. Okay. I just gotten on Tilt and I was there for like a week and I was with the Sacramento guys. I was thinking of a different time when I came up after SD10 or SD12 for only like a few days. Yeah. But no, I must have been, I, it was when I just got on tilt because that was when we filmed that Sacramento video. Okay. So it was totally 2019. You're right about that. Yep. Well, it had to be because I, I wasn't there any other time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what competitions have you competed in and what's your favorite and like why? Um, let's see. In Washington, like up here. There's the Washington games every year, which is always kind of fun. Um, yeah. It's at this skate park called like the Muck, like Muckle T.O. YMCA or whatever. And Hershey always comes out to announce for that. It's always just like the boys. Always a good time. Honestly, though, I'm not a big fan of competing. Like, I don't really enjoy riding in contests and like competitions. Like, it just doesn't really feel right to me. Like, I, I yeah. love video park competitions. Like, video park competitions are sick because you can put in like as much effort as you like to. Yes. Love filming videos because it's all up to you to make it happen for yourself. But competitions are just like not really something that I am super duper down with because I don't think that everybody's riding should be compared to each other. I think it's yeah. such like a, it's an art form, like a different a different type of action and a different type of thing that you're doing. It's not like you can really say this person is totally better than this person or this person because you have to think about their style and you have to think about their trick selection. Yeah, and I really don't think you can say that any person is okay i shouldn't say that some people can totally be better at scootering than other people yeah i don't like comparing them you know like yeah, everybody yeah. is doing their own thing and so that's why i'd rather like express myself in like a video part where i can make it however i like yeah i totally based on somebody else's critique i totally agree with you there but i i also think that contests do a good job at bringing all the scooter riders together yes a town yeah speaking of which a town is like what i have to thank for the reason why i'm on tilt 
like without a town i never would we wouldn't have got the community together we wouldn't have like i would never have met colin and joe and christian like in person yeah like i don't think i'd ride for tilt if i hadn't had met them right there and like yeah so speaking of competitions a town is hands down like the best how did you end up getting an invitation to a town it just happened. I don't know. Like Hershey sent him out and he just sent me one. Oh, nice. I didn't ask for it or anything, but I, yeah, I, I feel like he kind of just sent them to like, like a, the main homies he knew would be down. Yeah. Yeah. No, that seems like a sick competition. Cause I know that, uh, Sam went to that probably mm-hmm. about the same time you did. Yeah. And it just seems sick. So yeah, I, I saw the, uh, in- interviews you did with Sam too. And he's a good dude. Yeah, he is a good dude. I, I can't wait. We're actually moving in together here shortly. So no way. That yeah. is so cool. That's Down so Durango. Cool. So a little bit closer awesome. to you. Hell Hopefully yeah. You'll be able to make it over and ride a little bit. But um what is like your favorite band and like your favorite music? Oh, that is so good. Um, I can't say I have a favorite. I listen to all kinds of stuff. Like sometimes I'm in a rap mood and I'll listen to like Xavier Wolf or like some whatever else. But sometimes I'll be in like an oldie mood. I'll listen to like some like Leonard Cohen, some like old like guitar, some some good stuff. Or sometimes I'll just like listen to alternative stuff like Salesmen I Trust. Um, I don't know, but I I love playing like. I love playing all kinds of music listening yeah. to them. I also love rock smashing pumpkins. Awesome. Pumpkins is so good. Good, like good old rock. Like I, yeah. I can't I have a favorite though. Sorry. It's pretty inconclusive. Um, yeah, I do. I love the pumpkins. I love, I, I love all types of music. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta listen to it all for sure. It's so hard when you can play all types of music too. And like, yes. like the best part about a song or not the very best part, but like, one of an awesome an awesome quality about a song is if you can play it too. And yeah, like you can like feel like what that artist is like going through when they made it. Yeah, like, for sure. I so, totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah, music. How do you go about choosing songs for your videos? Mm, let's see. So, Instagram videos. I actually haven't put a song on like an Instagram video in such a long time now, just yeah. because. I like just posting like quick singles that like loop or whatever. Yeah. As far as video parts though, there's always just like a song that just feels right. So like my last video, very unconventional, but I used Alicia Keys and it's like, what, what is this? Right. Like I never even listened to Alicia Keys, like in my free time or anything. I'm not like a big Alicia Keys fan. Yeah. That song. I just like, I added that to my music probably like when I was like before high school. Right, like I've had that song in my music for forever. I put my music on shuffle and it came up. And it was just like this piano, like this singing, like this shit's just beautiful. Yeah. And I think like really nicely pull off the vibe and match these clips that I have. Because my clips, like for my last video, like weren't crazy hard. They weren't crazy buck, but like I like my style and like I think I had like a pretty like unique trick selection. Like try to I try to be really versatile and do everything. Yeah. And like I just thought that like when I heard that song for the first time in like years i was just like wow this is just like this is just it yeah like it just felt right same thing happened with bennington for my last tilt tilt video or like my first tilt video it was like the last song in my welcome to um yeah do you know that song bennington by john mouse uh yes kind of maybe you you you've heard you've watched the video you know the song but like that one it also just felt right 
Like I couldn't choose a song for so long for that video. And then it just like, I heard it and I was like, yes, this is just, it just needs to be it. Yeah. And so it's really tough. Like that's choosing the right song is like the hardest part about a video. I swear. Yep. I swear. It's just the hardest part, but when it comes up and when it just like the right song just appears before you, you're just like, yes, yes, this is it. Yeah. You'll know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like your trick selection and lines and stuff. And how do you kind of form a line? And what do you think about when you're filming like a line or something like that? And what tips do you give other people when you're watching them kind of do that too? Yeah. So first I'd like to say, I don't even consider myself like that great at filming lines because I don't have that many lines I've filmed. But when I do try to film lines, I'm always just going for like versatility. Like the, the first line I filmed in my last video in my like mindfulness video, I did a front lip truck, heel rewind, and then a back lip truck. And like the reason why I did that was because like I mean I love how the first trick like the front trip truck looks or front oh. lip truck looks. And I was like, okay, I'm spinning front side and doing the same trick. And then I'm, like doing like a heel whoop, which is kind of like a front side trick. And then once I like do the rewind, I'm into like my backside mode. And then I'm like landing a tail whip and doing like the back lip 270 bar. Yeah. And like like i don't know i just i just think about like what i could do to balance out the trick and like make it so i do it one way and then i can like do it the other way and like not like that applies every time but i just i just try to spin a lot of front side and back side i'm kind of like a natural front side low key even though i spin even though i spin backside like pretty naturally i learned how to i technically my first ever 360 was front side and i learned how to front feeble way before i learned how to back feeble yeah. And so like, yeah, like because of that, I'm super duper comfortable with front boards as like just as comfortable as I am with backboards because I don't have any like backboard backlip weakness. I can still do oh, all my right. backside tricks, but at the same time, I'm not scared of doing them front side and I can still spin front side, which like I, a lot of people find pretty difficult. Yeah. So I don't know, like because of like the way I started scootering, like that's kind of opened up my ability to do stuff both ways, which I like. I think it's fun. Yeah, you got to you got to work on both front side and back sides things when you get the opportunity to i think yeah. it's the same thing with like all sorts of different kinds of tricks because totally. versatility is so important yeah um, for sure and I try, I try to make it so like every trick i can do backside i can do front side and vice versa even though i can't i can't do it like that but i that's yeah. like the goal that's the goal but with like whips and bars and stuff you try to yeah yeah especially like just like spinning and like grinds like oh, right yeah yeah i don't know i'm not that great at tail whips and bar spins like i suck at whip bars i'm not that i just learned how to like triple whip well but i don't know (laughs) (laughs) nice just like stick and do the rail thing which is crazy you can't do it very well so i'm working on it sam's making me better thank you no rails are rails are scary dude they're weird i don't know yeah they're fun though um when you're at a spot and you're looking at something, where do you like look for inspiration? And do you think about what kind of like trick you can do over things? Or do you think about like gaps or like, what is the first thing you see when you're looking at a spot? When I look at a spot, I always try to look first before I try to think about like what tricks are like, like normal and possible. I try to think of any crazy ways to ride the spot. Yeah. I'm like, what are like, just what's like an unconventional way that I could ride this spot that like nobody else would like even think of doing. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not saying that that happens all the time. It really rarely happens that I'm just like, oh my God, I could do this in a totally different way. 
Yeah. But like, if it does happen, it's like, so it's so fun and like, so different feeling. It's like creative. Yeah. Um, but if I'm at like a, you know, just like a solid rail or a solid ledge spot or whatnot, I just try to think about, of course, not trying to do any ABDs. That's of course the biggest thing, not trying to redo something that anybody else has already filmed on the same spot. Yeah. And then, and, um, I don't know. I just try to think about what else, what other clips I've already filmed for the video that I'm filming. And I try to think about stuff that will like round it out and, and balance out tricks that I've already done. So it's like more versatile, you know, like if I already have, if I'm on like a Manny pad and already have like a Manny back three, which I can't even do, then maybe I'll try to do a Manny front three, which I also can't do. Yeah. But like, you, get, like, you get my point. You get yeah. my point. Like try yeah. to like balance it out and do stuff so that other clips that I've already filmed have like counterparts and complementary clips. Awesome. That's, that's a, like very good tips for uh, making a video part. Just don't try to be yeah, competitive and try to be creative, which I think is really important. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Like just do it for you. Like yeah. now, like that's, I get so bummed out when like kid, cause kids message me all the time and I just say, Hey, can you follow me and like this? Oh, it's not what it's about guys. Like you yeah, should exactly. just have fun. Like if that's all you're worried about is trying to get famous, like you're, you're just not gonna yeah like if that's exactly. your only goal you're not gonna and so like i always take the time to like respond to kids and be like yo like i just really wish you to just have fun scootering like just have fun and everything will come to you yeah if you have fun if you treat other people well and if you enjoy your time scootering the world will be yours you know maybe not like that but like you that's that is how you make progress. That's how you'll make progress and how you'll actually find happiness inside the sport that you're doing. Because otherwise, like you're just not in it for like the right the right motives and you're gonna burn out and you're not gonna like it. So Yeah. I think there's a big problem with that and just kids right now. I mean, I'm sure obviously you see it a lot, but everybody like have you seen those videos that are like this took this many minutes to land and it takes two minutes to like or whatever or two seconds yeah. or whatever i'm like oh no <laughs> oh no just, like just do it for you just ride down a grass hill and enjoy it or something i don't know <laughs> like, yeah yeah uh i don't know it's it's also tough to like as a, as like a scooter kid, if you message me and you're like trying to like do that, and then I say it's not about like getting followers or getting likes, and they look at me and you're like, but you have followers and likes. Yeah, it sounds kind of hypocritical, but like what's hard for them to understand is that it wasn't always that way, and yeah. that if I were trying to do that the whole time, then like I just wouldn't have, you know? Exactly. If you were trying to get the likes and the follows and the sponsors, then it you wouldn't be there talking to them. Yeah, exactly. And another thing I've realized about like followers is that <clears throat> they reflect nothing other than how much time you've put into providing Instagram content. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I don't followers are, I, it's such a stupid concept. Like you're going to gain followers. You're going to gain followers if you're posting a lot. It's like, that's, that's simple as that. And so like the only reason why I have like followers that I do now, and I don't even consider that like a crazy number or anything. Yeah, because I've just can, I've been posting scooter videos on Instagram like pretty regularly since I was twelve. Yeah, like simple as that. That's the only reason why like anybody follows me. <laughs> like, there's a direct correlation between how many pictures or videos someone's posted and how many followers they have. Absolutely, there yeah. there totally is. Yeah, so you I, could, like, I could use that. I could use data and run an algorithm to literally. There you go. Yeah, 
I totally could. Because I look at Jordan or whoever, and they're like twelve, like twelve hundred videos, and he's been on there for like three years, and you're like, holy crap! Yeah, that's insane. That's commitment. Yeah, that's finest. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you uh, do you wish that people would worry more about video parts than Instagram content? Yes and no. Like, yes, I I totally always want to see more video parts. Yeah. But no, because scooter kids are, or okay, I guess this is no in the case of scooter kids. Like, you kind of have to be like ready to film the video part, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it's not worth it if you don't have like a good bag of tricks and like you don't have like a good camera and like a good spot selection or like a good, if you don't know spots, like it's really tough to film a video part. And so like, yeah. I've just been blessed with friends who have cameras like Alex Blom has always had like DVXs and like cameras to film us on and like all of like the Seattle riders who kind of like raised me into like their scootering family like they always just like knew the spots yeah and so, like I I never really had to like worry about that because it was always like just like already known to me but I think it'd be really difficult if I didn't have any of that stuff to try to make a video part and, like how am I how am I going to do that in a city that I don't know the spots without people to film me without a camera yeah like, it's just unrealistic and so in that case being able to like put something out at all on instagram is totally a better option yeah but it sucks though when i see people who are like really really well known and like just like mad clouded up or whatever and they don't have any video parts out and they post on instagram all the time and, i like, see that that's become way more like, common especially with tiktok and stuff i don't have tiktok i won't get it I don't blame you. I'm just saying, like, as far as like TikTok is concerned, there's people with so much clout and no work to show for it, really. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Like TikTok's a whole another topic. Like, not nothing against like having TikTok, but like I just, I just don't really consider it like legitimate following. As as silly as that sounds, like I, I just don't really count it because anybody can just like get famous overnight on TikTok. Yes. Like, I don't know. It, maybe that's childish or stupid of me, but like Instagram, like that doesn't just happen. You don't just like blow up like crazy on Instagram overnight. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure. Like you can definitely like have a video do well and gain some followers, but like, it's not like you're going to post an Instagram video. If you have like a thousand followers and get like a million views, like that is impossible on Instagram. Not with like, real, but that, but real but that happens. TikTok. Yeah. It happens on TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, people will have post one video and it gets ten million views. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's just yeah, it's it's not really worth it as much, or like it doesn't mean as much, I guess. It's yeah. there are people yeah. making lots of money on TikTok, but yeah, like no disrespect to that at all. Like I mean, they're grinding. You know, they're putting in just as much work. It's so I feel like it's a lot play. more of quantity over quality, though. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't is, know, even. Even on Instagram, like I recognize like the most effective way I can like run my own Instagram is by just posting like singles that like loop. Because you think of like the attention span somebody has. If yeah. I see a minute long video on Instagram, the chances of me actually watching the whole thing, pretty slim. Yeah. Slim. But if I just see like a single that's sick and it can like loop over and over again, I'll watch that totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, it just catches like the viewer's attention is over. You get to watch it's it again. It's so easy for them to watch five seconds of it and scroll or a second yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Make absolutely. it five seconds long. 
Yeah. So that's why you got that. You got that attention span. You have to really keep that in mind. And like, I could post ten different singles and make ten different posts on my Instagram, or I can post one minute long video with ten clips. It's like, come on. So in that sense, quantity is yeah. kind of not like I'm posting really poor quality stuff. I mean, sometimes oh. whatever, but like quantity, I think really plays a role on Instagram too. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's all, let's just transition a little bit. Um, who is your favorite writer? Who are your favorite writers and what are your favorite video parts? Mm. You don't have to be correlated. I got to think about this one for a sec. Yeah, for sure. Think. Mm. there's one rider that i always like think of a little bit later who's like my favorite rider and i'm like yes yeah but i always right off the bat tedrick john dev come to mind and, like it's so cool because like i actually consider myself to be pretty good friends with john now yeah and like i've always just like looked up to him as like a rider like always since i was like a little kid he's been one of my favorites tedrick is the same way Yep. I love how Tedrick rides. I love his style. He's just awesome. I, I love watching Reese Jones scooter too. Yeah. Like, awesome style. Um, who else? Who else? Okay, as far as video parts though, um, I love Mike Homan's Aztec part. That's like one of my favorites. Um, Parrish's gripper videos, awesome, of course. Yeah. Anything Daniel Ray puts out is great. All the breakfast videos... All that stuff's fire. Um, my favorite video part that I've ever been a part of, I think, is my UK video with Alex Bloom. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's on. It's actually on John's on Deck's YouTube. Oh, okay. John's on Deck. They made a YouTube, and like, they're like, "Hey, like, if anybody wants to do stuff, like, post on our YouTube." Like, they're kind of trying to do something similar to Trendkill. Yeah. And at the time, like, because Boris Fenson's like the homie, and Alex knew him pretty well from AO, and I just like friends with him on instagram and we we're like fuck it like let's let's post this video on john's on deck and uh we did and yeah it's like i think like one of the only videos on there because john's on deck kind of yeah they got kind of over it they were like yeah it's like a lot of work but yeah i don't know if you've seen that video if you haven't that's worth checking out it's called alex blum will do the uk tapes okay it's like my like one of my favorite videos i've ever been in though that was like the best week of my life really so you yeah. you went on a writing trip to uk yeah, I went with just Alex, like my best friend from home. Like Alex and I just went to the UK for like nine days for spring break. Really? And, like, it was we, like a we stayed, yeah, we just we stayed with like Jackson Smith. Do you know Jackson Smith? We stayed yeah, with Jackson sounds- Smith. We stayed with um, Ricky Novark, or his na- actually last name is Langlands, but this guy named Ricky. Yeah. This guy, the homie Jackson. We went to London, Liverpool, Manchester, like filmed the whole time. We went to a rave with Danny Roberts. Yo. That was so sick, dude. We got to ride like the Danny Roberts like local park, like that legendary park. Yeah. Wow, yeah. It was just it was a great time. Like that was like the most awesome week of my life. If you could choose to go ride somewhere, where would, where would it be? Like new. I'm trying to get out of Barcelona so bad. Like yes, I'm trying to get too. to Barcelona. Like Barcelona I'm sick. Yeah, I've I've never been and like the spots there just look unreal. The people there also look awesome. Um yeah, Barcelona's like my next destination I'm trying to get to. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I I've wanted to get to Barcelona forever. 
and I want to go to like that the contest they have there. Yeah, like the Extreme Games or whatever. Yeah, Extreme World Barcelona or something like that. Whatever it's called. Yeah, that looks just looks, looks wild. Yeah, totally, totally. Do you have? Are you sponsored or have a relationship somehow with Proto? No. Nope, not at all. Oh, okay. I thought I saw them tagged on your Instagram. Or is that somebody else? Pro Scooter Shop. That's Pro Scooter Shop? Okay. Pro Scooter Shop. Yeah, yeah. I see the confusion, though. I read, it, I read it wrong. Oops. Yeah. Oh, um, you're good. You're good. That's the Pro Scooter Shop. They're, that shop, like I said, they're pretty close to where I live. And if you want to get my SIG grip tape or SIG stickers or whatever, that's where it's carried. And that's they, they made it for me. So David has just always supported me. Um it's cool because like I, I was like nothing when I got on PSS and yeah. now like some people know who I am and like I try to I try to like you know try to help David get his name out there like a little bit and pro scooter shop try to support them because they're just a super duper low-key shop really family-based they sell like a ton of completes and stuff but uh they've just added some new people to the team I don't know if you know like sus Jaden yeah the boy yeah Jaden's on the team now um Patrick Schneider is so good if you know who he is he's like just was unlucky he had like a lucky okay. video come out, but he left yeah um but yeah it's just like a lot of seattle homies people who are really killing it so yeah so that's Sweet. pro scooter awesome. shop, though. no no proto yeah okay um where do you see scootering going in the future in the future well um i just want to see more video parts come out like the fact that we've seen so much progress and like just the craziest video parts yet in the past few years means that's just going to continue. People are going to keep on getting more crazy yeah, and wild stuff. And like, that just excites me. For and sure. I think about like where, I mean, scootering still seems like it's like, in, it's at a pretty good place right now. And like, there's only room to improve, you know? Yeah. Like I think about like where skateboarding started off at and like what it led to. And I don't see why, more people wouldn't start scootering in like the future. Like it's yeah. just such a fun activity. And another thing, I think maybe it was Sam who said it. I think I saw it on your Instagram. Um, yeah. Was it like nobody scooters to like look cool? You know? Yeah. Like that's people skateboard to look cool. Yeah. Nobody scooters to look cool. People start scootering because it's like fun. Because, because like, fun it. yeah. Yeah. Like I started because it's literally so fun. I continued doing it because I made my best friends. Yes. And it's just like, especially doing as much school as I do. Like a lot of the time I'll just have like a day where I'm just sitting grinding out work like the whole day. And like that sucks. But then like being able to like take a break and go like ride my scooter for even like an hour and get exercise and just like go hard at a skate park. Yeah. It feels so, so (laughs) it feels so refreshing and so like natural. Yeah. And just like what like I should be doing. And so I don't know. I I just appreciate scootering for the exercise and for the hobby that it is and for the break. But I I think that like ten years from now, scootering will just be so much crazier than we even could have imagined. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it will be. I was actually talking to Jr. yesterday. I had him on the podcast, and he was talking about he's a BMX guy. And he was talking about um, how the scooter scene is going to actually when people start changing from scootering to what other things and from other things to scootering, there's going to be this interesting new scooter influence that you're going to see throughout other sports as we've already seen with Ari Willie and all that stuff yeah. on uh, yeah. BMX, but I'm excited oh. to see one, what it does to skateboarding and yeah. two, just the different creative things that people will be able to do coming from scootering to other sports or vice versa. Totally. Totally. 
Yeah, I mean, skateboarding and scootering, like, intermix, like, in a kind of cool way when you're thinking about, like, trick selection and, like, what you can do and all that stuff. Yeah. I also think biking has so much, like, of an awesome influence on trick selection and and scootering. Like, um, you know Booty Groceries? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've been able to hang out with, like, a few, like, the biker homies in Long Beach and also, like, John and, like, go, like, film with them. Yeah. And, like... What John told me, he's like, well, I've like realized like my purpose, like John Dev. He's like, I've like realized like my purpose in life. And it's like, I was put on this earth to ride a scooter. And I was also put on this earth to bring scootering and BMXing together. Yeah. And like, like the, like the trick selection with like little like peg chinks that you can do with like dropouts and like stuff like that. I've seen like Stefan August, like booty groceries. I've seen him like do some of that stuff and put the two together. Cause he rides a scooter a lot of the time. Like when we're just like session, even though he's yeah. a BMXer. Yeah. And I think that like the Manny combos, like little peg chinks kind of stuff. I really love how BMX and scootering work together as well as like the gaps and yes. like, just like airs and pocket airs and stuff like that. And like just the fakey like, Manny stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. The manual control. That's, that's another one. Manual. Yeah, yeah. Which is almost harder on a scooter than like a BMX bike. I think. Yeah, that's no, I like I agree. The, you don't got pedal pressure. Pressure, yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. The other thing I think about with like skateboarding and scootering is like manualing, how how different they are. Because on a skateboard, your center of gra- or your center of balance is like over your wheel. Yeah. Like because you have one foot on one side of it and another foot on the other side, like your wheel yeah. in the middle. But like on a scooter, you literally have to get yourself behind your wheel because your feet are both in before your wheel. Yeah. Like it's just like the way that you have to distribute the weight is so different. Like it's just yeah. a manual on a scooter is a totally different trick than a manual on a skateboard. Same yeah. as a nose manual. Nose manuals are my kryptonite, dude. I can't do those. They're so hard. I'm finally like learning like a little bit, but yeah, mm-mm. I have been working on them for like a year and I still just like, they work better than they did, but I'm still not like good at them. No. Yeah. It's they're tough, man. <laughs> it's all commitment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's cool to see just how people are pulling those other sports in, and it's just like the fighting between skateboard and scooter, which like, it, it's dumb. But I think that what we we're also talking about is how scootering the learning curve is a little bit easier, so it's better at getting kids yeah. to say BMX or skateboarding because you learn at a right transition and that kind of stuff, which I think is good. Yeah, that's why I like fell in love with it so fast because I was like, oh, I can actually do stuff if I were skating. It takes so long. And I'm not saying that, like, I honestly, I skateboarding so much respect for skateboarding. Like, a, yeah, it's so much cooler looking than scootering. And it's like, it's just like raw. But it's, raw, it's yeah. I, I genuinely just have so much more fun scootering than I think I could skateboarding. Yes. Like, going up rails and, like, that's another thing. Like, like just like the trick selection that you can have. Like, there's so many more gaps and weird things that are possible on a scooter that, like, you can really not do on a both a bike and a skateboard but it's kind of like a hybrid it's like going up rails but still being able to like ride like small stuff because you can't really ride small stuff on a bmx yeah you can just almost like jib around like you can't grind a curb on a bmx no simply put it just doesn't work (laughs) you can kind of slappy on a scooter for sure so yeah 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 um where do you see yourself in 10 years Mm. In 10 years, I do not know exactly what I'll be doing, but I hope that 
I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to find a job. Like the, the job potential and the job opportunities in like math and computer science are like through the roof. Like, yeah, I even if I tried, I don't think I could find unemployment. Or like, I don't think I could be unemployed. In, I don't like, think in, you could like, find unemployment. <laughs> yeah, that was a, the stupidest thing I've ever said. But it's awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't think that like I'm gonna struggle with finding a job at all. Um, it just depends on what that job looks like. There's also a chance that I go work for like a few years, make like a little bit of money, and I see like some possible fields I could go into, and then I go back to grad school and like get like a better degree. Because I, I do think at some point in my life I'm probably gonna try to get like a PhD or a master's. Why not? Yeah, yeah, like it opens up so many more doors. Like, yeah, dude, like just make sure you really, keep those yeah. doors opening. You know, totally, totally. So, do you see yourself moving or? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't actually know where I'm going to live yet. I mean, I don't think I definitely don't want to live in LA like for like the rest of my life. It's just like a little too hustle bustle. It's like, it's a cool vibe. There are great people down there, but it just doesn't really feel like it's not, not like it's like natural, maybe as I'd like. Yeah. Seattle feels very natural. Like, I don't know if you've ever been here, but it's incredibly green. It's lots of water everywhere too. Really green, really blue, yeah. beautiful trees. It feels very fresh, very natural clean yeah. air la is just kind of dirty and yeah. kind of like it's fun la is fun don't get me wrong but i don't think i want to live there for the rest of my life but i also don't know if i want to live here because like the seasons are pretty rough here and uh yeah i don't know but I, i'm kind of just gonna figure it out i don't know i like chicago maybe europe europe's sick europe would be sick. who knows who knows though i there's a good yeah. chance i end up living in seattle because i really do like it here yeah or the bay area the bay area is also where it's at i love the bay yeah like Nor- norcal is sick yeah but who knows though it's it's a good question uh you got some time to think about that one for sure definitely so definitely. i uh i don't know where i'm looking at living either because i i like the same things like the, yeah. the having it feel natural and more like the the nature stuff and just greener and bluer and i've kind of fallen in love with uh colorado a lot awesome yeah, Colorado's great. Um, but yeah, it's hard to think about where you're the next 10 years because I can't think about next week hardly. So, dude, yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. It's especially with COVID, it's kind of just put everything on like a little bit of a hold, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm still definitely like working towards completing everything I would be, you know, without COVID, but I'm just not in any rush to get it done, you know? Like, I'm, I'm definitely still like taking a summer class so I can try to get ahead and all that, but like, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. So yeah, just working right now, just trying to make the most out of it right now. Just trying to stay mentally happy and which I have been. And yeah, dude, Good. just chilling, just chilling. Sweet. Well, I have one more question for you before we end. Um, what is your meaning of life? Oh, to make people smile. Yeah. Easy. Dude, I just want to make people smile. Like, I mean, it's not that simple, right? That was like, just like the first thing on my head, but like, I truly feel like I, I'm super blessed to have my brain work the way that it does, like with the math and with just like, I don't get super like stressed out over like small things. I'm pretty good at visualizing like the bigger picture. And I feel like with the potential to learn these skills that I'm learning and like with my brain working how it does, I just feel like if I don't find some way to give back and like try to, you know, change things for the better, then I'm kind of like not making the most out of my potential. And I do feel that like, since I've been given 
just the most phenomenal support net of my parents and my friends and my education and everything around me. Like, I, I feel like I do have like everything I could have asked for to, to, you know, hopefully change people's lives in the future and, and make, you know, try to do good stuff. And it sounds kind of naive to sound like, or to be like, I can actually change problems and whatnot. Cause like, I don't know, but, um, there's serious potential using the computers and the math to actually recognize things that can be changed and to suggest those to people who are powerful and show them why they should change those things and explain how it'll work and actually have them do it, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world by any means, but like, why not try, you know? Exactly. I always say, uh, shoot for the moon. And, and if you miss, at least you end up among the stars. Right. So yes, dude, that was, that's a good one. That was in my eighth grade classroom above the door. Really? That one stuck with me. That's yeah. it. it's, a good, it's a good quote, man. Yeah, dude, it's a great quote. Yeah, but it's been really great talking to you, Trevor. Like, yeah, it's, it's been really, it's been really great talking to you too. Uh, where can we follow you? Oh yeah, follow me at will.judy on Instagram. Follow Tilt Scooters on YouTube because that's where my YouTube video parts are. Yeah, and yeah, just will will.judy is my name on everything. So sweet, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Outlook Industries podcast. It's been Trevor. It's been Will. And we'll see you in the next one. Thank you guys. If you could go and give me five stars down on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on there, that would really help me out. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you're listening on there. And yeah, have a great rest of your day or night or whatever time it is when you're listening. Bye, guys.